Good afternoon, everybody, Uneducated Economist. I have a few links I'm going to leave down in the description for you guys. One of them is to a Gunlack interview, and it's pretty interesting. If you listen to this interview, in the first, like, 20 seconds of the interview, he is talking about his position on the dollar and how it had turned bullish when it was under 90 and how they see it going to, like, 94, if I remember right. It was very quickly how he said it. But then he goes in to talk about how the dollar is ultimately going to fail. But in the very first, like, 20 seconds of it, he talked about it being a strong position and that they have in the dollar. And at the same time, we're watching the U.S. 10-year Treasury, the yields drop. Now, typically in an inflationary environment, like when you are in fear of inflation and you are going to lend your money to the government, you are going to demand a higher interest rate for that. You're going to demand more yield. Now, a lot of you already know how the bond market works, but bonds are a very interesting kind of investment because the prices work inversely to yield. And a lot of t people kind of look at yield and think that's the interest rate that the bond pays. Yes, that is what the interest rate that the bond will pay to the investor after they have purchased the bond. So the bond prices move and they have a fixed coupon rate. That fixed coupon rate doesn't change when you purchase the bond. It will always remain the same. However, since the price does change and the coupon stays the same, what it yields to the investor will change. So if the bond price goes up, the yield price or the what it yields goes down. If the bond price drops, what it yields goes up. So if you are purchasing a bond when the yield is is low, you're paying a higher price for it. And that's what's taking place right now. See, the bond prices are going up, meaning that the investor is not so worried about the inflation that is coming into the future. However, there is a lot of reasons why there is a demand for treasuries right now. A lot of it has to do with the drawdown of the Treasury General account, which is a checking account up at the U.S. Treasury that they literally write like checks to the people from. Like anybody who gets a check from the U.S. Treasury, that's the account that it comes from. From what I understand, this account needs to be under something like $400 billion in order for them to raise the debt ceiling. So there's this political event that's taken place here coming into the future in which that Congress needs to vote on raising the debt ceiling. And if the Treasury General account is above 400, I could be wrong on this, 400 billion, for some reason that stalls out the raising of the debt ceiling. So it's critical for them to draw down this Treasury General account and get that number back down below the 400 mark or whatever mark that is that allows Congress to increase the debt ceiling. Now, when it comes to the debt ceiling, a lot of people are going to talk about this being like, you know, a critical event as far as like the United States government going bankrupt. I doubt it's going to happen. They have raised, they have risen the debt ceiling every single time. Now, they will push it into the extraordinary measures and stuff like that that they have to take. And there is ways of Treasury to continue to function even that, even though they have passed, like, you know, the the moment, you know, of like default, there is some extraordinary measures that they can take that continue to carry the treasury along. They can do like, you know, partial shutdown, stuff like that. At some point, they will have to raise the debt ceiling and they will. And there, and I have very little doubt about it. There will be a bunch of political pull and they will try to pass. 
I don't know, they'll try to pass something to get one side or the other to agree so that they can raise the debt ceiling. I don't follow politics really closely, so whatever political battle that comes from this, I, I can't imagine what, what it'll be, but I don't follow politics, so I don't know. But they will raise it at some point. But right now, I look out and I think, okay, the Federal Reserve is threatening to taper. They're talking about how the inflation is running hotter than they were anticipating, which is something that I think is interesting considering that the number for inflation is completely arbitrary anyway. They can make it up and make it be whatever they want it to. So it's a high inflation number right now only because they are saying it's a high inflation number. Of course, everybody's talking about the high inflation because of all the prices going up everywhere except for now lumber because lumber has crashed. So, sorry to throw that in there, guys. I'm sorry. Anyway, but this is where the Federal Reserve is playing their credible threat. This is where it really gets into play because now I think about it. It's just like, is there really inflation taking place? Because really it's an arbitrary number. They're saying that this arbitrary number is now running hotter than they were expecting it to. <laughs> right? They are talking about tapering. And at the same time, we're seeing a demand inside of the bond market that is unusually there, considering that there's inflation fear coming into the future. So now to me, is the market now sitting in a condition in which that there is plenty of demand for these bonds to the point that the Federal Reserve can actually threaten to taper, like remove themselves from the market, and yet there still continues to be the demand. They have figured out a way here to exit the system, I think, right? I mean, you think about it. They can threaten to exit, and the market does the exact opposite of what people would think it would do. So now, is this a way that they could step away from the mortgage-backed security markets? Step away from the treasuries? step away from it in a way that the markets continue to be involved. They're desperate for yield. They're looking for it anywhere. And they will find it in the junk bonds and they will find it in any bond that is out there. And if, think about it, if like there isn't a buyer for it and the prices start to fall, think how much demand there is out there apparently to rush into this to keep the yields from rising too much. Like the Federal Reserve has injected enough money out there, it's spread around enough, and there's people who are so desperate for yield that it prevents these yields from actually rising. As soon as they goes up just a little bit, they dive in. So now the irrational exuberance that comes from the Federal Reserve and their mortgage-backed security purchases is now at the free market's will. Because they said that they're going to exit the market. That means who's ever playing the game wants to be in the game. Who's ever being the investor in the mortgage-backed securities is not concerned about the Federal Reserve exiting the game. You see where I'm kind of getting at here? So, it's no wonder why you're seeing the credit get cut off. You notice, like, 
the Wells Fargo with the personal loans. I saw another, uh, like, kind of high-end credit card is no longer accepting applications for it. It was like a, I don't even know, I, I should have, I, I can go find the article. I'll try and find it and leave it in the description for you guys. But I'm thinking about like, okay, so these are like kind of the loans that you would typically give to people who probably would most likely pay it, is what I'm guessing. But yet they're getting cut off first. Hmm. Is it like a sign? You know, is it saying, hey, you, you guys better pay attention to what you're doing here because we're already starting to, you know, think twice about giving out loans. And it's only a matter of time before these mortgage-backed securities start to turn toxic. If they turn toxic. I can only assume, I mean, you know, I think about all the purchasing that has happened and I can't imagine, like, offering Fifty or $100,000 over asking price for a house and still failing to get it, knowing that that house still sold. I mean, I think about all the homes out there that must be sold well over what the market real value is, not this market perception of value. I can't imagine what it would be like if we actually had a correction in the market. How many people are going to be underwater? Like, I know what it's like to be in a house that you cannot sell for what you owe on it. I was lived that way for a long time. And I tell you, it is no fun. And I can't imagine being 100000 or $150,000 underwater on a house. Now, I think about the people who have purchased homes lately, and I can only assume they must be the most qualified buyers. I can't imagine anybody just, like, able to get a home. Because I look... I don't know, maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe people can't get like the no money down and stuff like that. But I can't imagine like homes selling for $100,000 over asking price and somebody with no money down is able to get it. I, I can't imagine that. I mean, maybe maybe I'm completely wrong, but that's kind of what I see taking place. And so I can only assume that as the Federal Reserve tries to exit the game and they're able to, if they put out enough credible threats that says, hey, we're going to exit soon. We're going to exit even sooner than you thought. We're going to exit next month. And yet, you see the U.S. Treasuries going down. I think they can exit. I think that is them capable of leaving. Whether or not they're going to stay out, I doubt it. At some point, you will see a reversal in the market again, and things will start to get very hectic, and the Federal Reserve will have to step will have to step back in. But this is the moment they're looking for, right? I mean, you think about it. They have yields dropping in a time when they are pushing the inflation narrative. The inflation narrative that they are completely made up arbitrarily. Now, again, everybody can argue about where that number should be or could be or whatever. But again, the Federal Reserve is making that number up. They admitted that. So for them to show like, wow, man, this inflation number is running a, hot, harder than, a lot hotter than we were thinking it was going to. It was just like it can't be possibly running hotter than you think it was going to because you guys are making up the number. So it can't possibly be that way. I don't know. These are the things that kind of run through my head. But I was thinking about that whole gun lock saying that the dollar was strengthening. Looking at like Bullard talking about how they are going to taper early. I think about how that dollar, what that dollar could do in the in the short term here. Because I have a feeling that it's going to 
strengthen a lot more than what people are anticipating. I think lumber is just a indicator of future outcomings for a lot of stuff. People are going to look back and say inflation. They're going to be like, oh man, it, was it inflation or was it really the supply chain breakdown that is being reestablished? Because yes, there is going to be some higher prices and a lot of stuff. But if lumber is any kind of indicator of things to come, we're looking forward to some lower prices. Man, I hope I explained that right. I don't know. This is really confusing times to think about. Because like I said, you know, I mean, just the idea that the U.S. Treasuries are going to drop into the future considering how much fear of inflation there's coming. At the same time that the Fed is talking about tapering, like getting out of the market. That's strange. That's strange to think about. So, Anyway, I got to go. Uneducated economist, you let me know.